Hey, welcome to another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast, where our mission is to share business ideas, practices, and strategies while we enjoy our cup of coffee. Today's guest, well, we've got a two-parter for you, so I want you to buckle up because this is going to be part one with Ivan and Kathy from Wingspan Performance, and we're going to be talking about two really distinctly different topics over this part one and then next week's part two, but both are just incredible. Lots of information. So as we jump into part one, we're going to jump into rapid fire and really rapid fire as a whole could be its own subsection because uh, they brought some incredible thought processes and, and information there as well. So get ready for that. I want you to make sure that you're ready to take notes. That's actually part of the conversation that we'll be approaching. But in this part one, we're going to be talking about people performance, how leaders are impacting the performance of their team intentionally or unintentionally. That's all happening coming up right after this. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes and it's time for a coffee break. It's time for a coffee break. Oh yeah. Kathy, Ivan, thank you for joining us. It's good to really be here. glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. <laughs> We're just going to sit here and stare at each other. It's fun. All right. Awesome. Let's, thank you for being here today. Connector uh, with Kirk Graves. Anytime Kirk Graves sends me an email and says you connect these people, I typically wait a couple of weeks because I forget about it, and then we connect. So <laughs> my apologies again uh, for, for that. But uh, Kurt always says anybody that he sends here, uh, great conversation. So I'm looking forward to it. We've already chatted a little bit, but uh, ready to jump into it. Before we do, uh, it is time for Rapid Fire, five randomly selected questions just to get under your skin with unknown point values. Are you ready? <laughs> Hit me. Yeah. A, lot of pe- yeah. a lot of people don't think this is random, but I literally just said random questions here oh, and generated them. So oh, yeah. Okay. I have no clue what these are going to be. <laughs> what? Here we go. We'll do. Uh, we'll let each of you answer. Number one, what's the most interesting thing you have in your pocket right now? Oh, uh, a hair tie. A, oh, that's, <laughs> that's the only thing I have in my knife. pocket. Best that. You, you got a hair a tie? In your... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't carry my interesting things in my pocket. Right. Hmm. Well, I know that was going to be the question. I would have put something really put fun something in there. Like a salamander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think I have any interesting thing either. Probably my AirPods. That's probably okay. and that's not interesting. Well, we're all on level playing field. Yeah, that's, stuff in our pocket. that's pretty standard. <laughs> all right, number two. Uh, what future year are you most looking forward to arriving in? Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, this coming year. This coming year. Yeah. Twenty twenty two. Yeah. Why? Uh, lots of uh, this past year. In addition to COVID, mm-hmm. I personally had some other things going on. I had I had brain surgery. Oh. So coming out of it, uh, I'm excited for some adventure and lots of cool stuff in our business. I just bought a motorbike. So oh, <laughs> she did. What kind of motorbike? Yeah, a TW two hundred. I don't know what that is. It's a it's a dual sport. They call okay. it a farm bike. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's very interesting. All right, what about you? So for me, golly. What year am I most looking forward to? I would say I would go forward probably five years because right. at that point I'm hoping things have settled back out and mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what the new the new normal is like now that the pendulum has hopefully swung one way, swung the other way, and come back to a to a happy happy neutral place. It's it's interesting. A lot of people have these conversations about five years, like looking five years in the future. And whenever that topic comes up, I always like to think back: where were we at five years ago? Now, yeah. right? Yeah. So what, where were we at with? Uh, night, uh, 2016. I mean, that's a whole different world, right? Really is. 
Yeah. <laughs> so yes. it, it's things happen really fast. I, re, you know, we we referenced back years a lot in conversation here. Twenty sixteen, um, our group was I think about eighteen people strong. Mm. So in five years, that's doubled or more than doubled. Yeah. Like that's. It, so well, you didn't even have a podcast five years ago. I didn't have a podcast five years. <laughs> you start thinking about that moving forward and go, okay, well, good grief, what is going to happen in five years? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But anyways, okay, cool. Uh, let's see. What uncommon thing would you like to see become more common? Something that's uncommon now that you'd like to see more common. I want to go with with people. Re- I've got a strong environmental. Like just so 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 people picking up after themselves. Okay, yeah, it's unfortunate. People not leave a mess, enough. don't they? They do. Yeah, they do. I get on the water a lot. I'm on the lake a lot. I okay. love being on the water, yep. and sometimes it's disheartening to see some of the things that are there at the boat ramp. So yeah, I'm hoping that becomes more common as people go. You know, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna tuck that away. I'm gonna throw that away when I get back to the ramp or I get home, and it'll be good. Yeah. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah, he Pick has up. a heart for that for sure. Whether it's on the wa- whether we're walking the dogs or out on the water. Almost every time he comes home with trash ah. that he has picked up. So in my pocket, I don't have any now. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. That, that, would, that would be very random. There's some trash I found on the ground outside. Yeah. <laughs> Wanted to clean up the parking lot There's a little bit. Some keys in the parking lot. Yeah, just some random pocket. keys. Picked them up. Yeah. How about you? I, I mine's a little mushy. It's okay. I want to see people be more kind to themselves. Be more kind to themselves. Mm-hmm. Ah, give, explain this a little more. I, so 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 many of us have grown up. And, and learned, well, to be a good person, you know, be kind to others. Mm-hmm. And particularly after this past year, all of us learning how to navigate and tackle the challenges personally, professionally, uh, the, the key to all of that is being kind to ourselves. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I still practice because I'm really hard on myself as, mm. a, as a business owner myself, um, really hard on myself. And uh, it yeah, being kind to ourselves it, it goes a long way. It helps us perform mm-hmm. yeah. holistically mm. in a much better way. Yeah, it's it's. I was actually having a conversation with my wife about that the other day, and she was like, "You you allow other people to like you allow them to to learn from their mistakes and those types of things, but you're so hard on yourself." I was like, "Well, that's, that's part of life, right?" <laughs> yes, I mean, more for myself. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I, I definitely can understand that. All right, next question. I think we're on number four here, by the way. Uh, okay. okay, this is a, this is interesting. What was an experience that you didn't think much about at the time, but it ultimately made you a stronger person? Something that in the moment it was just like, yeah. But now when you look back, it's like, wow, that was a big a big life-changing event. Oh, wow. It's made, it made me a better person. Digging deep on this one. That is. That is. I'll jump in. So I've, I had, so I've, I was in the military, as you and I talked about a little bit before, and mm-hmm. one of the things I went through was survival school. Okay. And it's, and I'll give you the short version of it. It's survival, evasion, resistance, and escape. So it's called SEER school. And the resistance part is you're in this simulated prisoner of war camp, and they're messing with you and doing all this stuff. And at, at one point, they come drug me out of my cell at some hour of the night, and they, and they literally go to stick me in a box. And I've got a hood on my head, so I don't really see what's happening. And so they're they're telling me to to, to, to squat on my legs and move forward, and I can... I can tell, like, my shoulders hit the front of this box. And yeah. You and I are decent-sized guys. I'm yeah. six foot two. And my, my fingertips hit the end of the box, and oh. I realized they're putting me in a small box. Yeah. And so at first I flush, and I get I throw my boots up on the back of the box, and I get ready to push. And I realize, like, dude, you're going in the box. Yeah, yeah, You're going in the box, and this is going to be ugly mm. if you decide to have it be ugly, or this is going to be okay if you take a deep breath and realize, roll with the punches. And so I took a deep breath, 
got in the box, calm myself down, and it was cool. And I, I have relied on that a number of times mm. since then to go, okay, I don't, I don't control things outside of myself, sometimes a situation or what other people do, and I get to control how I decide to respond to things. And that has been just one of those pieces I keep coming back to again and again to go, well, I didn't anticipate being shoved in a box would be such a life lesson, and it really has been helpful. Mm. That's a lot to unpack. It is. That's it. That's that a short version. No, but that's that's <laughs> yeah. an incredible conversation right there. I mean, if we stop the podcast right now, that's a big takeaway. I can't control you, you man. You just you just popped a lot in there. You can't control what other people are going to do or those situations, but you can tr- control how you respond to them. Yep. Huh? Yeah. It's helpful because you think about it on a day to day basis. You get stuck in traffic, or you show up and a customer is late. Or they want to, they they change their mind on something. We don't control those things. That's yeah. other people. So we get to decide. Okay, well, how do I want to how do I want to respond? What is it I'm going for? Yeah. And and that's something that has been really helpful for me. It's also helped me become more deliberate in just a lot more situations in general. Not just oh, I'm not getting what I want, or I'm in some cruddy situation. Even oh, things are going well, or I'm waking up. What do I want to do today? Yeah. So yeah, mm. it's it's fun. I would say that's probably the most impactful thing anybody has answered on a rap, rapid fire question. So. <laughs> I don't even know. We'll just give you give you eight thousand points or something. I don't know. That's incredible. All right, Kathy, you're up. Uh, no, no pressure. <laughs> right, no pressure. I, the first thing that came to my mind was um, really when I started when I decided to start my business. Okay, which sounds weird because <laughs> you, most people think a lot about that. I I felt it more than anything. I did not have a business plan. I did not save money for it. I did not know what I was doing. I felt it was time. Mm -hmm. And so, because I used to uh, do a lot of consulting in um, IT, network security, things like that. Okay. Uh, Very different than what I'm doing now. And so I, I just felt this very deep knowing it's time and quit my really high paying job and started started my practice because it was more of a practice than a business mm-hmm. uh, and again didn't think about it and now to see over 18 years later it just it's been phenomenal yeah that's yeah. an incredible ride 18 <laughs> years wow yeah. yeah that is that is very it, oh, man we, we have these conversations a lot and you guys are just hitting on all this stuff the the path the the journey right mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't understand I was uh, I was watching a, a video clip the other day about you know kind of what is the what is the next couple of years look like because you know, with this pandemic just a lot of things have changed for people you've had a, a year fourteen months whatever just kind of go oh hold on a second what is life you know um, and so you see a lot of transition happening a lot of things changing. And I think one of the things that people are very short-sighted on is the journey that it takes to get to a certain point. You see the end result, but you don't pay attention to the journey. So uh, congratulations. 18 years is a, is an incredible <laughs> journey. All right, last question, number five. Do you have any memories before the age of five? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. What? Gosh, I remember being, <laughs> I remember being probably two or three in Iowa. Okay. I was born in, in Iowa, and... Uh, it had snowed like crazy, and I remember standing at the end of the driveway, my dad shoveling like mad to get this long driveway cleared out of snow so he could take this the small car the family had out to huh. to, to go to, to go to the university. There you go. Mm. Yeah. I have a lot, a, a lot before I was five because my my mom passed on when I was four. Okay, so that's probably why yeah. I have so many. 
to, to recall those. So, um, so one of the one of the memories I have is I um, found this chocolate this chocolate bar mm-hmm. on my mom's dresser. And I thought it was chocolate. And so I ate it and I got really, really sick. And I remember laying on her bed and then throwing up on the little pink rug on the, the side of it because uh, it was X-Lax that I had oh. eaten. Do you remember oh, no. way, way, you don't remember. It, don't I'm older than you. So way, way, way back when uh-huh. there were these X-Lax bars. Yeah. It looked like a chocolate bar. Whoops. And yeah, I I've, I've seen pictures of them. Right, right. <laughs> so I thanks, I <laughs> here I thought I was eating chocolate, and it it, it was not it's chocolate plus. <laughs> yeah, the uh, similar story, but not really. The uh, <laughs> when, when I was young, around around that age, I had a toy fire truck hmm. that was battery powered, and I thought that it had Coca Cola inside of the. Um, <gasps> the the truck oh, gosh. it was battery acid oh gosh so i i ate it oh and now i mean i it's not really a, a, a superpower because of that yeah I don't, it's not really affecting <laughs> me much it sounds like the kind of thing where you'd want it was, so now i can look at things and turn them turn yeah. them into fire it or, was immediate that it was not coca-cola but yeah oh, so i didn't digest wow. a lot of it but it was uh yeah so yeah. similar <laughs> eating similar. crazy like, yeah. Yeah. it's nearly know. the same thing i don't know i'm just trying to relate <laughs> here cool congratulations you guys we'll give you 1340 for your score awesome well combined. done good yeah. good yeah. team combined score Up yeah, there you go i it, really a lot of a lot of valuable information just in the first you know 15 minutes or so of this of this conversation <laughs> so uh, incredible can you copy this key that's a question we get asked about 3422 times a year And how can you actually be sure that the person who asked that question is supposed to get a copy of that key? Well, we think you should always know who can copy your keys to your business and your home because it could be your neighbor, an old employee, a contractor, or even worse, your mother-in-law. At LockDock Security, we believe in protected key systems, so you always know who has a copy of your key. To find out more, visit LockDock.net or stop by our Charlotte location. LockDock Security, helping you protect your people, and your property. Well, let's jump into the conversation. Why you're here, um, and and kind of what you guys do, and help with help with folks. So, you, you say you gave me this this term, and I don't know that I've really applied it before. So, uh, people performance. So, here's my question: from a leadership standpoint, how much are leaders intentionally or unintentionally affecting the the performance of their team? <laughs> depends on how long we've been working with them. <laughs> good, good answer. When, when yeah. we first start working with them, a majority of that is that they're unintentionally contributing to the performance of their uh, team members. I think that's a key word is unintentionally, right? Mm-hmm. Not yeah. Lack of awareness. Well, it also comes back to we're always teaching people how to do things. We're okay. teaching people what's acceptable all the time. We're teaching our family members. We're teaching um, the, the person at the grocery store what's acceptable or not acceptable because of what we decide is okay or isn't okay and how we respond. So we're doing that either intentionally with the idea of, oh, I want to make sure that this team member knows that calling a customer two days after they've called us isn't acceptable. Yeah. Or we're doing it unintentionally where, oh, well, so-and-so threw a cigarette butt in the parking lot. I'm not going to say anything. And now I'm teaching a person that's okay. Yeah. That's what I'm accepting. It's, it's a, it's a, I've had this conversation before with some folks about uh, your environment. 
mm. the environment, that, the people that you're around, you're either intentionally or unintentionally choosing those types of behaviors, right? Yes. yes. Uh, and so I think if, if that's kind of going around the same line. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so it's interesting because we work with high performers mm-hmm. that then uh, get into a leadership role mm-hmm. and their high performing behaviors or their high performer behaviors begin to work against them. Mm-hmm. Because all of a sudden, we're so good at things and we're so practiced, we're so experienced in things mm-hmm. that now we're, we're down in autopilot, mm-hmm. what, what we call autopilot. When we're in autopilot, we're operating out of habit, and so it's unintentional. Sure. And So then we get unintentional outcomes, and we're, we often are getting in the way of the high performance of others. Excellent. I want to put a, a good example on that. Yeah, that's she hit something really important. And so a great, uh, that, a great example of that would be if, if you're a high performer and then you get promoted in, into being now the manager. Mm-hmm. Part of what made you a high performer probably was you did your part and then some. Like you, you really mm-hmm. did everything you could. I tackled all my, everything that's on my plate. Hey, what else is there to do? How mm-hmm. else can I pitch in? Well, then you become the manager and then you're now primarily responsible for helping other people get work done, not mm-hmm. doing it yourself. Mm-hmm. And although you still do that, that thing of, hey, I'll, I'll grab this or I'll jump on that. Mm-hmm. Or someone comes and says, hey, I'm not sure what to do here. And you say, oh, I'll, I'll take care of it. And so instead of helping your team members know, oh, this is how I can grow. This is how I can take on this additional work. You're just doing it yourself. So that unintentional habit shifts from being a benefit to now it's slowing your team members down and slowing you down because you have other things to do. Mm-hmm. You don't know how practical that information is right now. So you, you have a high performer, somebody that does really well, okay? And they're performing at a great level. The transition from doing it and achieving it and being very goal-oriented and driven mm-hmm. and accomplishing those tasks at high accuracy, you have to switch your mindset to teaching others and helping other people to grow themselves, right? Yeah. And if you can't make that transition, then what's the what's the outcome? You, exactly. <laughs> it, it, and it the outcome is your business performance. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. A- also, and relationships. Is you hit a ceiling, right? For sure. Yeah. Well, it's also where every role has a different set of both technical skills that's expected with that role as well as behavioral skills yeah. and practices that are expected with that. And that's where a lot of times when we work with with clients will help them recognize, oh, when someone was in this job, it's important to say out loud, well, these were the technical and behavioral skills that are expected with that role. Now that you're in this other job, yeah. there are different behavioral and, and skills that you're expected to bring to this. And so let's let's help you, let's say out loud, not just assume that they're going to get it or hope that they get it. Sure. Let, let's talk through that. Yeah. Mm. Well, it goes back to your very first question. So often, one of the unintentional ways the leader is contributing to um, the performance that's not up to par is that they're only defining performance on the technical side, on what they do. Mm. And so the, the very first thing that we do when we come in and we're working with business owners and business leaders and their teams is we help them to see performance comprehensively. There's the technical side, what we do, and then there's the behavioral side, how we do what we do. And so our mindset, our communication, our behaviors, and that's where where we focus. So when, when we're working with business owners or leaders and they are frustrated mm-hmm. or they're overextended, they're not getting the or consistently getting the performance they really want or expect from their team. Sure. 
first of all, it's nearly always behavioral. Mm-hmm. Second of all, they don't know it. So they, we're not looking at it through that lens. And so uh, the leader is on some level contributing to it. Mm-hmm. Unknowingly, unintentionally, we help them recognize how they're doing that. And then the other, the other part about that is <clears throat> that the leaders, because they are, they tend to be high performers, mm-hmm. they are unknowingly um, perpetuating or compounding the problem because like <laughs> Ivan's example, they're stepping in and compensating now mm-hmm. for that person. Mm-hmm. And and so now we're we're the leader is the one getting in the way yeah. um, of the high performance. So I, one of the things that I've learned through through just making mistakes, right, failing forward yeah. in a lot of ways, yeah. and it's one of the most. And I've shared this before. One of the most uh, kind of embarrassing statements that I've ever made um, on a on a regular basis years ago, and when I had to transition my mindset, I used to make the statement of, "Man, if I could just clone myself." Right. Mm. Sure. And so I, I don't know if you guys deal with with that kind of mindset, but it, it wasn't a matter of cloning myself. It was a matter of if that was the case, we would be in a really bad situation. Right. But, <laughs> Lots of chads running around. Yeah, it's just being miserable. <laughs> uh, but it, it was less of that and more of Chad stopping and teaching the what needs to be done or how to do it instead of just. Yeah. People should just understand exactly what's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I've done that. I've, I've been on a team where I said, oh, I, I'm i going to hold on to this. I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to mm-hmm. hold on to this. And, and it's a common thing. Again, it's it's part of that desire to perform really well, and mm-hmm. it works well until it doesn't. And, and one way for people to help, for anyone listening, is one way for, for everyone to go, oh, this is this is behavioral, like the little the little light bulb goes mm-hmm. off, is if there's a pattern. Yeah. So when things, something comes up again and again and again, and maybe in slightly different manifestations, yeah. that pattern, though, indicates it's not a technical thing. Now, it's a mindset, behavior, or communication pattern that is contributing to this. Okay, so I want to ask this question, and maybe we're going to get there down the line. So if I'm jumping too far ahead, you can you can bounce me back. But as a as a as a leader, as a business owner, whatever, and you're working with other folks, so I would say that I'm a recovering, you know, this right because I I've, I've fallen down that path. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I've said before I'm a I'm a recovering uh, micromanager because yeah, that was that was a, a bad place to be at, especially in the in the business and. W- like in a lot of ways, we've moved past that. Here's my question: as, as a business owner, as you're dealing with other people in your organization, how can you identify that somebody in a leadership role is starting down that path? Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've recognized that I'm 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 trying to be self-aware so that I'm not falling down that down that path and giving teaching people how to to do things themselves and enabling them to accomplish those tasks. But if I have another leader in the organization that has faltered down the micromanagement, the control, the doing things themselves and taking on those tasks, how can I help to coach them away from that and make sure that they're aware? Mm-hmm. Outstanding. Yeah, really good question. Yeah. The, the first place, the first place to start is asking questions in, in our, in the wingspan system, we call them advancing questions. And so if your uh, direct report, Joe, Mm-hmm. Uh, if if he's recently taken on responsibility, man, managing others, uh, asking him that question, Joe, how are you making sure to prioritize <laughs> your time, energy, and, and attention on your responsibilities? Mm-hmm. 
So I guess a lot of that falls back to 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 whoever is the leader of those leaders, right? Of defining what those expectations are, behaviorally <laughs> and technically. Mm. Yes, yes. I'm just taking notes here. That oh, I, I came prepared to take <laughs> yeah, notes too. Really, so. we're, we're ready <laughs> One other thing is they'll they'll talk about how frequently we'll hear leaders say, "Oh my gosh, I'm burned out. I got so much on the plate." And and one thing mm-hmm. that again, I'll I'll confess, I used to find is. I spent so much of my day saying, gosh, what are my team members working on? How do I help them? Yeah. Or saying, what does my manager want? Yeah. And and at the end of the day, then it was, well, what am I responsible for? Sure. And then it was, well, geez, it's 530, and I'm just now cracking around on my job. Yeah. So if, if anyone listening hears that or if you feel that and going, oh, my gosh, that's, that's me, yeah. that's an indicator of you've got a pattern of not prioritizing your own work, and you're probably – stepping into what your team members can do or what other people can do and not stepping back from that, giving them the space, yeah. giving them the ability to to run with it and say, yeah, bring bring your specific questions to me, not bring all your questions. Like you're, you're expected to do some of that lifting and some of that research on mm-hmm. your own and then come and then we can talk through some of your ideas. Yeah. Don't show up with a blank piece of paper and say, I got a problem. Well, well and you're bringing up something really important too. And to be more simple in the approach Chad, another question that you could ask your direct report is, where are you getting frustrated? Mm-hmm. We, help, we help leaders to understand that there's a lot of really fantastic information in their frustration. Mm-hmm. And so if you're asking, if you're, simply, if, if you're asking simply, where are you getting frustrated? One, you're creating safety mm-hmm. for for him or her to to speak candidly with you. And then let's see how much of his focus is on his direct reports. Yeah. Uh, and so when you're asking those those questions, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to find out where he might be spending more of his time compensating sure. or contributing um, to their... That makes, makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. I, there's a... Um, a I, I figuring out the line of questioning to to kind of point that out because I think you find out about it after the fact as you know in, unless you're just totally cl- locked in and self-aware you find out about it after the fact when things start to to kind of unpeel right frequently that'll that'll be the case and sometimes too it's the word burnout people will key in on oh geez I'm, I'm burned out okay yeah. well, what What's happening that you're feeling burned out or what parts of your role are you burned out on? Mm-hmm. That can help a person break it down a little more, a little more finite chunks to mm-hmm. say, oh, it's, it's this piece or it's that piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's just it, too, is not when you're when you are routinely asking these types of questions in your one on ones, mm-hmm. whether they're monthly, whatever the frequency is or or every other week. You can also turn it towards asking your advancing questions around the behaviors you expect him to be exercising. So um, what else have you delegated in the past Mm. two weeks? Or how are your team members showing initiative and ownership? Mm. Very good. How are you delegating? Well, what... So it's slightly different. Yeah. Just hear the difference in what did you delegate in the last two to four weeks? Mm. <laughs> There's more expectation in that than how are you? Question. Yeah. yeah. Then yeah. how are you delegating? 
Mm-hmm. What have you delegated? Yes. Got you it. E- you can even be specific of like what two things <laughs> have you delegated this month? Mm-hmm. Or what are areas of your team's work that are healthy for you? That's a good safe, sure. it's a safe risk for you to delegate to somebody else so that they're getting a chance to grow and that's coming off of your plate. Mm-hmm. And that way you're not telling them is they're coming to you and going, well, gosh, I want to I wanna delegate areas A and B. Mm-hmm. You go, okay, that that's good. And then there's space there. We understand the frustrations HOA board members and property managers face when deciding the best solution for their HOA and pool security. Should we use a keypad, hand out keys, or install a key card system? Do we even need cameras? These are some of the questions that are difficult to navigate, and we're here to help. At LockDock Security, we've spent over 20 years working with homeowners associations and property managers to find a system that best fits the pool and HOA needs. Camera systems for the front gate or front entrance, key card systems for the pool gates, or simply updating the gate so that it meets safety and code compliance. We like to take the guesswork out of the process to answer any questions and help find the right solution. Our mission is to help you protect your people and your property, and that includes pools. Contact our team today to schedule your free consultation for your community. It's interesting, uh, very timely, the conversation is because we have been kind of forging down a path and we've gone through this in waves in our organization Mm -hmm. of documenting processes and having those clear, defined processes so that they can be delegated, they can be handed off, that that responsibility can be shared rather than it just all being in somebody's mind. And I, I don't know, I have zero statistics to, 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 to back this up, but I know in in our business that is typically a crippling point when mm-hmm. uh, information resides only in one person's head and they're the mm-hmm. only person that knows how to do that process. Yeah. It uh, it limits the ability for people to jump in and help, right? For sure, <laughs> it yeah. limits the ability for you to delegate. So it's a it's a challenge one to to define what the process is to get clarity on that, and then from that point, then it's so it's almost like a compounding question. The way that I'm looking at it is, you know, what what two processes have you documented? so that you can delegate like that's really kind of a building there you go okay yeah and and there's also this difference too between delegating and distributing Uh-oh. work so the it, it, so that might be your question also so what two processes have you had your team members document okay mm-hmm. <laughs> now you push them even further to make sure that he's not the one doing it all. <laughs> yeah. So what two processes have you had your team members document and who did you distribute those to? Or what roles did you distribute those processes to? Got it. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right. So when, when it comes down to this, right, you've got, um, you've got you, your people in the organization, you're trying to make progress in different areas, you're trying to grow, you're trying to develop these systems. Uh, and then you going back to the high performers, you typically identify people that are just killing it. Right. And so, like you said, those get elevated to leadership positions or management positions or whatever. And then, you know, how important is it to have a structure, a plan, a, a, a program, whatever, to say, OK, as you're moving into this leadership role, here's the plan to be a leader in our organization versus just now you're a manager of people. You know, is that we're, we're basically setting people up for frustration and failure because we've elevated a high performer and not given them a plan to learn how to lead others. Yeah, even even before the plan, when you've got roles that, ha- well, in every single role within your company, again, you've there are 
There's the technical side of that role and the behavioral side of that role. Yeah. So it's fair to say, uh, like we were noticing your um, core values yeah. for LockDoc. Mm-hmm. And so it's fair to say that there are behaviors you expect every employee is part of every employee's role mm-hmm. in communicating consistently or building building trust. Mm-hmm. So making sure that that's in black and white, making sure that it's clear mm-hmm. the behavior um, and communication requirements of a role. So now if we if you go on into a manager role, for example, it's important that under the responsibilities and requirements and expectations for that role that you are including um, the behavioral side of performance. Well, give me an example of the behavioral side of performance because I think sure. that's a it's a it's a great I, I want to get clarity around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and to and before we jump okay. in, I want to make sure we, we hit on something else with with what Kathy's bringing up because it's important also to recognize that oftentimes, and I've seen this in organizations I've been in, people in job A will get promoted to the management, which is really job B. It's a different job, and oftentimes they're selected based on their excellence at job A, sure, not on how well they meet both technical and behavioral competencies to execute job B. And that's often where it's, again, it's two entirely different cut sheets to work against. So one thing organizations can do is recognize I'm hiring a leader. It doesn't mean that necessarily that I want to put the person who's the best at job A in charge of those people. I want to put someone who's the best at what leading will be Mm -hmm. for that group. So a, so a behavior can be a, a really simple one that a lot of people aren't comfortable with is, is providing feedback. How do I provide feedback to team members in a regular way? How do I provide team uh, team members feedback without saying, well, I'll wait for the end of year or the mid-year mm-hmm. review that's yeah. three months out. Well, hang on a minute. How, how are you going to support your team members in the next three months if you wait that long? Mm. And then going tying it to your core value, consistently providing useful feedback. Yeah. <laughs> so now we get even more clear. Yeah. Um, demonstrating ownership and initiative. Mm-hmm. Okay identifying problems and recommending solutions clearly communicating with all team members who have a part in creating a solution mm-hmm. inviting yeah. others Inv- involving yeah. yeah inviting or involving team members in tackling problems yeah gotcha instead of just trying to do it independently involving other folks yeah yeah Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, I'm I'm tracking with you. And then the technical side would be the the actual. This is how you do what you do. Like you're the 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 real the, kind of nuts and bolts. Yeah, the nuts and bolts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the tech. So even in it, within your finance and accounting team. Sure. Technically, it's the what they're doing yeah. in finance and accounting. So another way to look at that technical side is to look at their function within, mm-hmm. and then the how is again how we're working with others. Um, to to accomplish that. Okay, we're going to pause right there, and we're going to be coming back next week with part two. We, we unpacked a lot of information over this conversation, and you're going to get incredible value out of both of these, but we wanted to separate them into two separate episodes for you that you can digest. So hopefully you took a lot of notes, a, a lot of great information about people, performance, how you are intentionally or unintentionally affecting your team. It's a, it's a lot of takeaways there. If you want to find out more, obviously you can click the link below for Wingspan Performance, and they're doing some incredible work there. So check that out. And make sure that you subscribe because episode 
part two, whatever episode number this is, part two is coming in next week. So be ready for that. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you follow us on Facebook because it's coming out next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. If you're preferential to the audio podcast, make sure you go to lockdoc.net slash podcast and subscribe there. All the podcast platforms are available. You can subscribe and then you'll be ready for the alerts every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. when a new episode comes at you. So be prepared and ready for that. And we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Coffee Break Podcast.